super duty tough work work y'all know who we are y'all know how we give it up the most infamous Mm -hmm. podcast on planet earth arguably the most creative you know we approach this shit like we approach our rap careers maximum creativity for the people at home keeping score you know we are out here my name is blueprint my co-host is a logic what up we have conversations and try to help you become more successful at what you do or we just talk shit about hip-hop and uh we have fun doing it and so this week on the show this is a topic that actually i have to thank my guy zilla rocka for because this is a very very Oh, this is a very fun topic. Yeah, I'm enjoying. A, I, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one. So Zilla yeah. hit me this week and he reminded me of something that I said when you and I were on their podcast. When you and I were mm-hmm. on their podcast called Call Out Culture, support the fam, support Call Out Culture, there are peoples. Uh, I had some comment. We were talking about how independent artists don't hustle like street dudes hustle. And I was just like, yo. These dudes, why is why be the whack street dudes who be hustling and the talented motherfucker who's the coldest on the mic don't be doing none of the shit that he should be doing? And then the mm-hmm. the, the lesser talented person ends up being more successful, right? And uh, he said something like that and it just popped into my head this week that, yo, we need to dive into that. You yeah. know, so this week, this week's topic is things that artists could learn from drug dealers. Oh, so good. Yeah, guys. We taking it there. We are taking yeah. it there. Yeah. 10 things artists could learn from drug dealers. And some of y'all, some of y'all need this. It's going to be a kick in your ass because whether you like it or not, drug dealers are successful at what they do. Yes. And uh as a guy myself who grew up and my best friends were and some of them still are doing a one two as they call it mm. um mm-hmm. i know a little thing about how they move and so uh we're gonna get in that in this episode and so we'll take a break and we'll be right back we got you stuck off the realness the most infamous you heard of us official podcast murderers the show comes equipped with few points to share grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow so go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode you're not alone in this world cousin so we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to they spread gossip but they never come close to i can hear it inside their tone they talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Yeah, we're back. Back in the building. Word, word. Super Duty Tough Work. Y'all know what it's about to be. You know what it is. If you're listening to this on, uh, you know, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, Instagram, wherever you may comment at, if you follow us on any of those programs, let us know in the comments what your favorite bullet point is. Yeah. These joints. You know what I mean? Because we got 10 hot ones. Yeah. In the chamber. But in the chamber. So we're going to start with the number one thing that artists could learn from drug dealers. Number one is always have re-up Always, always, always. (laughs) See, the thing about drug dealers is a lot of the times when you see even the most uh, street level, unsuccessful drug dealer, they Mm -hmm. always have one thing. They re-up money. For those who don't know, the re-up money is your last money that you need 
to buy more drugs because if you don't have enough to re-up, you'll be out of the game completely. You'll be out there missing (laughs) out on all that money. Yeah. You don't have a job. Mm -hmm. And why is this? And why do art? What can artists learn for this? Here's what artists do. Artists will go to work. They'll take their money from their work. They'll put it into their art, make some money off their art, and then they'll spend that money on bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That should be a shirt, you know? (laughs) That should be like that. I don't know, man. That need to be a billboard or something. It's so real, man. It's real. That's legit what they do. Yes, because I used to do it. I know you. I, used to, I got rap lines about you doing it. Like, yeah, what happened used, to the money? Yeah, bro. I used to do it. I was bad. Yeah, I was yeah. bad. For for the real waitlist fans, y'all know I had a line on one of my records where I said, "I didn't want to hold the money. <laughs> I didn't used to want to hold the money, so I gave it to Ill. But that had to stop when he said he spent it on bills. Yep, see, sure did. That was my man. So I can say that line. He knew he spent all the re up money. We yes, had just made some money from selling tapes. What this man do? Oh man, shit happened. Niggas came over for forties and plus. Niggas came up. <laughs> re up. We could not re up, and everybody had to kick in all over again. Yeah, hey, we need to hide it from you. Hide it from you. Hide it from you. Hide it from you. Yeah, our re up was gone, and therefore our growth was limited. Right. 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 This is a problem with a lot of artists out here. We so artsy that we forget that, yes, you're going to sell some stuff. That's the point. But never. But it, but the sacrifice comes in in that you can never spend that specific money right there. Because once you spend that, you got to work twice as hard. And you have to gain. The problem is a lot of these cats don't have faith in themselves and they so surprised that they sell some <laughs> shit <laughs> that they think they got to go out and spend it right away. You That's know what true. I'm saying? That's true. It's like when you it's like when you get that advance and you go buy a car, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Instead <laughs> of paying some bills that you got, you know what I mean? Like you go out and just splurge on yeah. some shit. Yeah. When you already know that you need to put some of that shit away for a rainy day in case Come this on, album man. flop. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. God, they notorious for that. So bad. And then every time they need something, it's like, instead of just having it, they got to pass the plate. Mm-hmm. Or they got to go back to work and do something that they absolutely hate just to make the money that they should have never spent in the first place. Facts. It's like, yo, you made the money, bruh. Don't touch that money. Yeah. Touch this other money until you get enough to where you can actually spend a little more, but you never spend your real money. Never, never, never. That's number one thing that artists can learn from drug dealers. Number two thing artists can learn from drug dealers is out of town money, man. That's the only way to do it. Going OT, man. They be going OT. Look, (laughs) the drug dealers, you got to give it to them. These dudes always got a story about going to some small town making money. Mm Mm-hmm. But what these artists want to do, I ain't going on tour unless I can play New York, L.A., Atlanta. They think that's the only way you get money. You got They either stay at home and never leave or they think they can only go get money. The only places that count is New York and L.A. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, what the drug dealers do, they'll fool stay in a rental car. Yep. Going to Huntington, West Virginia. Oshkosh. <laughs> Oshkosh. <laughs> you know what I mean? They stay going out of town to little ass towns getting money. Mm-hmm. What do we do as touring artists? We mm-hmm. go to little ass towns getting money. You know, the funny the funny shit is, is that if these fools do go to New York or L.A., they still ain't getting no money. Facts. <laughs> Facts. They still ain't getting no. You still broke. They still broke. No, you still no. broke, yo. Yeah, <laughs> good because they, they think it's easier. Ah, oh, made it, th- and half of them just want to go there just to go there. They're not going there to do business, you know. Right. Like you look at uh, what, what movie is that with um, gosh, Belly. You know what I mean? Even the movie Belly, everyone's seen Belly, and what mm-hmm. was their demise? 
when they had the bad out of town thing, when they got set up yeah. by the other drug dealers in that town, it was like, I don't like that shit one bit. No, no, man's eating a banana. He just snitched on everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, they, but they were going out of town. They knew that their success should not be limited just to their immediate radius and that there are other people in other cities, other locales who can kind of help them get money and, and become more successful. If you're an artist, look at it like this, like, yo, you, sometimes you have to leave home to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, your hometown should love you. They should support you. But there's story after story about people who uh, they don't get respected in their hometown until they're known nationally. Right. And if you're an artist, got to go get that out of town money sometimes yeah man the wild thing is for us for weightless that that was our growth that was the key to our growth is moving you know one one little town out from columbus at a time you know what i'm saying that's why we was doing the weightless invasion tours in ohio and surrounding areas one little town at a time until we could expand outside of ohio and then we got out to the midwest and so on and so forth and you know, the rest is history, but you got to make moves out of town. That's the only way. Yep. Yep. So, you know, you artists, I hope you're at home listening to this shit. You're getting out hustle. The drug dealers is kicking your ass. I got a lot oh, to yeah, learn. They are. <laughs> All right. Number three thing mm-hmm. that artists could learn from drug dealers is discounts and deals. Oh, come on. I just, I just, I just hit this one I real heavy last it. couple come weeks. On. Two for 30. You was hitting them last week. Hey. <laughs> hey, we got two for fives. They got that bullshit yep. down the way. You know what I mean? Hey, we got that blue magic. They selling it for cheap. <laughs> Superior product. We let that shit go. Did y'all know yep. nothing from this fucking, you know, American gangster movie? The man right. was doing deals and discounts all over the place. Mm-hmm. But y'all motherfuckers want to sell your shit at the top all the time. And then get mad when people don't be knowing about it or don't come back to it. It's like, nah, man. If it's good enough for the drug dealers, why it's not good enough for you? Facts. <laughs> Facts. Do a discount. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes your discount might be too good. Hey, I told you about that two for 30, bro. Hey, man. You got to no. cut that out. That shit, they wipe you out on that one. Yeah, man. I was like, I was like, I might, this one ain't coming back for a minute. <laughs> See, you thought I was joking when I said that shit. You didn't know how really Ooh. got with that one. That one is like a uh, that's that's like a uh, man. You you gotta that's that shit go nuclear. You gotta be very careful with yeah. that. Yeah, that's some like in that case of emergency. <laughs> yeah, so. that shit went crazy, dude. I I sold like I sold like forty albums, like and that's double. So like eighty records. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah, the, and you in, in a week. Yeah, and and that's more than you probably moved a whole two three months before that. <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like in one fucking week, I told you about that. That yeah. deal is crazy. That's why I was like, "Yo, I did that shit. I didn't even do it a week. I did it a weekend." I was like, "Oh, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is too popular. I won't have no vinyl left if I leave this oh, shit up man. another week." I was like, "Oh no, no, I ain't running it back since." That was like last spring. I was like, "Oh nah, nah, nah. This shit is a beast right here." <laughs> break this yeah, only in case it. of emergencies but hey i do other deals all the time and uh right. you know they're all, they, the thing that people got to understand about sales and discounts is that sometimes it's not even about the sale it's about giving people who missed out the first time around a reminder that that thing is still there you know exactly you cannot expect everybody who knows who you are to support you at the exact same time that's not realistic right People have other things going on. People find out late. People are, it's like a revolving door, you know, of supporting you. And you just need to make sure your business is open whenever people want to support you. And part of that means having things to attract them to your business. Sales and discounts Mm -hmm. do that. Drug dealers know. Frank Lucas knew that shit. You know what I mean? Tony Montana knew that shit. Like all these fools who are drug dealers, every drug dealer movie, you know, these motherfuckers going to have at some point. Where they're gonna be doing some sort of sale, negotiating some kind of price. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, a discount for somebody so they can get more product, so they can move more of this in the streets and just they're gonna work it out. 
mm-hmm. we need to be doing the same thing as artists. As artists, we be getting so personally attached to our art that we feel we can't never do a sale on it. Yeah, ah, that's stupid. This shit is fucking, ah, this too good. No, I know this counts. This shit is too perfect. Yeah, man, you, you're going to be sitting on a bunch of CDs and vinyl <laughs> in your basement. Yep. You need to do a sale every now and then. And yeah. I mean, and that I mean, and honestly, that was the main reason why I did that sale, because I, I, I remember you telling me, I'm like, I need to get rid of some inventory quick. So I'm going to do this <laughs> and see what happened. And I got rid of some inventory quick, you know, um, you know, because I'm, I'm going to be ordering some new vinyl and I'm going to have like more boxes. And so I was trying to yeah. get rid of some shit. But. You know, that's why I did that. So I knew it was going to move, but I didn't know it was going to be. Yeah, it was a little too. Yeah. A little too quick. They was ravaging your store shelves, man. Your shelves. Pandemonium. Look like Black Friday at Walmart. And your shit. Yeah, man. That's number three. Okay. Number four. Big. Dr- uh, artists can learn from drug dealers. Number four is have a lawyer on deck. Always. Man, look, and no matter what you do, you need to at least have some sort of like representation within arm's reach so that when things go down, you at least know who to call. You have a person who does that that can represent you when things go wrong. For us, I mean, we're fucking artists. We are hip hop artists. We deal with sampling. We deal with venues. We deal with all sorts of things. Intellectual copyright. We deal with all of this stuff, man. You could be anywhere. You could get assaulted. Who the fuck knows? It's it's real life. The one thing you know about these drug dealers and every drug dealer movie, they all got lawyers on speed down. <laughs> hey, can you come get me out? Oh, I got yep. you, Tony. I'll get you out in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they not skipping on, on nothing. My nah. friends who, who who do the one-two right now, them fools still, hey, they, they still got lawyers on retainer. Just mm-hmm. in case somebody they know get in trouble, they, uh, they lawyer, they be, hey, yo, can you send me your lawyer? Because uh, I'm in some shit. Yeah, here's my guy's number. Just tell him blah, 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 I sent you. Mm-hmm. They always got a lawyer on deck. Very rarely do you talk to artists who say that they have that. Mm-hmm. It's like artists, we just assume that everything is going to go perfectly, even though we're dealing with just hundreds of thousands of dollars. Of, it's a billion dollar industry. Right, right. People are getting taken advantage of right and left. You always hear an artist complain about their contracts. You always hear an artist complain about labels jerking them, venues jerking them. You see what I'm saying? Streaming services jerking them. Yet nobody got a fucking lawyer. What kind of sense that make? Don't make no sense. All these sharks out here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. No sense at all. No sense at all. (laughs) Yeah, man. Have a lawyer on deck because the drug dealers, they keep a lawyer on deck, man. You ain't got to pay them that much, but just you need to you need to have someone there so that if and when it goes bad. You can, don't have to uh, you don't have to sit there and decide like here's a, what I see a lot of people do. They the fact that they don't have a lawyer or access to a lawyer means that they deal with conflict completely differently. Right. If, 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 if someone were to tell you, hey, no matter what you got, I'll be your lawyer for free no matter what. I bet you you would save their number on your phone. Yes. Yes. Right. And so but we let what we do is like we get in this this fucking, you know, sea with all these sharks and all these people getting their head bit off and everybody out for self. And then we say, oh, man, here comes some conflict. Let me just run away. Let Mm -hmm. me just let them have it. Let me just not stand up because then I got to find a lawyer. Then I got to pay a a retainer. Then I got to do this. I got to do that. But it's like, yo, man. You know how much you lose just by not having someone to call? Right, right. It's bad. Yeah, this is this is another one of those situations. I think a lot of the stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of stuff on this list um, that we're going to go over, this is about people understanding and believing in their art first. Mm-hmm. Enough to invest in these things. Because, you know, like we talked about investing in the cheap stuff last mm-hmm. last week. A lot of this stuff is not the stuff we're talking about now is not cheap when you're looking at time, when you're looking at actual money. 
you know, right. when you're looking at things like this, this is like real shit that needs investment in. And it's not always money, but this situation it is, you know, yes. like you got to have you got to have faith in yourself to where you believe you're going to need a lawyer at some point. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, yeah. like that's yeah. that's the that's the first that's the first step is like my shit is important enough to where I might need to be defended. I might need to get, you know, work on some sample. Like, I really want to use this sample. Let me hit my lawyer up, see if they can find out a way to, so I can get this sample cleared. You know what I mean? Like, yep. all kind of shit like that. I just don't think people have enough, or they just don't think about these things. Yeah, they don't think about it until it hits the fan, most of them. Yeah. I think. I think they, they we, we wish for the best. Right. And there's nothing wrong with being optimistic. And you don't you don't want to go through life assuming everybody's going to rip you off. Right. And I'm not suggesting you do. But I am saying that you you it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Right. It's just just like a gun. I don't want to shoot nobody. I, I hope I never had to pull this thing out. But mm -hmm. if I'm in a position where I have to pull it out, I'd rather have it than need it. And be like, God damn, if I would have only had a gun, mm -hmm. that person could have been alive. I could have saved my life. I could have saved my family. Right. Like it's it's very similar. And, and you know, the yes. game is the game is very cutthroat in many instances. And it's not about whether you're right or you're wrong. It's whether you got the money to go through the process. Yeah. To get you to even ha to even scare people enough, because the fact that you say, well, I'm gonna call my lawyer. Oh, yeah. Before you even before you even make the phone call, just yep. the fact that you can say that. Well, well, hold on. We can work this out. Yeah. <laughs> you know oh. what I'm saying? Hold on. Hold on. What what was the problem again? Like, what, what did what happened? Come you on. know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need to get lawyers involved. You know, like just the <laughs> right. fact that just the fact that you can say that, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? At some point that changes the whole conversation and how people look at you and how they deal with you and how they will deal with you in the future. It's true. And I, and I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I know I've talked to you about it off the air, just like a, a situation I had with real estate, with a property I had many years ago where the the person I was in this contract with was just shitting on me, just totally mm -hmm. just abusing everything, not honoring the contract and just being real disrespectful. It wasn't until I hired a lawyer and she got the notice from the lawyer and she saw who the lawyer was that she started treating me with respect prior to that she was just did not just total disrespect and then all of a sudden she was she's she been nice to me ever since ever since yeah. i ain't had not a single she ain't missed a payment been late on nothing she be hitting me up because she don't want no motherfucking problems because she knows if it goes down to it i got a fucking monster ass law firm who will be on her fucking head and they don't give a shit and I can afford it. Even if I can't mm -hmm. afford it, I'm going to spend it. That's what you need to know. Mm -hmm. Fuck whether I can afford it or not. <laughs> I'm paying. Them. Yeah, that is a different. It's yeah, different. that's a different conversation. Yeah, it's yeah, a different yeah, conversation. Yeah. I don't like spending money on lawyers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of them dudes mm -hmm. who brag about spending money on lawyers. I would like to keep all my money for shit that I like to spend it on. Right, but right, right. It, I will spend it uh, in no, in certain situations because I, I know the alternative is all bad, you know. So that's number four. OK, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. To all fans of the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, I'm here to remind you that my fourth book is officially here. The name of the book is The Ten Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists, and the book is available right now exclusively on waitlist.net if you're a regular listener to the show and dig what we do then this book is a must buy it takes all of the concepts and inspiration that we provide every week to the next level better yet it analyzes the careers and lives of some of the dopest hip-hop artists and breaks down the exact traits that have made them so successful then it takes it a step further by showing you how to develop those traits for all listeners to the show i have a special offer just for you when you enter the coupon code sdtw you will be given a 10 percent discount off the book 
that's exclusively for the listeners of the show and won't be announced anywhere else. Again, coupon code SDTW gets you 10% off your copy of my new book, The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists that is available now and shipping worldwide. So if you don't have the book yet, head over to waitlist.net and order your copy today. That's all for now. Back to the show. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Super duty tough work. Shout out to all you artists out there. I hope you're being inspired by this. Uh, You know, we got to hit y'all from different angles. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? To get the point across sometimes. Yes, yes. And uh, this week we're talking about 10 things artists could learn from drug dealers. Sometimes the rap game remind me of the crack game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, Biggie did 10 crack commandments. Come on. He tried to told y'all. Come on. See, they didn't see the, the whole, they didn't see the big picture. They must not, they didn't see the parallel because they thought he was actually just talking about crack. Yes. They didn't nah. know. Uh-uh. Nah, that was, that was, that was, he was talking about crack, but that was a metaphor. Thank you. That was a metaphor. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so you guys, you know, we're breaking it down this week. Ten things you can learn from drug dealers. Artists can learn from drug dealers. And we got number five. Number five is never miss a sale. Mm-hmm. See, I was watching this this clip of the movie uh, King of New York, Frank White. And uh, there's a scene where, you know, he's got his rivals and he walks into their spot and he goes with his guys. And he's like, look, you know, you guys been trying to jerk me. He said, look, man. If it's a $5 sale in the park, I want a piece. You know, you got a problem with that? Say so. And the dude started complaining. The dude got shot. And he just, hey, if you motherfuckers want to come work for me, let's go. But the thing you got to notice about drug dealers is like, they never miss a sale. Nah. My friends who, 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 who did that, like my, my friend, I really learned this in college. My roommate So we. One thing I never knew was this: like the hours that people will stop by to buy weed. Mm-hmm. There's literally no hour where he wouldn't get up and make that quick money. Yeah, two, three o'clock in the morning, didn't eight matter. o'clock in the morning. It didn't matter. You know, <laughs> weekends. Yep, it didn't matter. Yep. Week Mondays always open. Always open. <laughs> never missing a sale. Yeah, but what 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 artists do? They don't want to stand at their merch table. Mm-hmm. They don't never have a product on them in, in person. Yeah. You know what I mean? They ain't got no CDs in the car. None of they shit in the car. They be bumping the people everywhere they go. No product. Oh, man, I ain't got it with me. Yo, even if hopefully they get CDs even. Yeah. You know, they don't so even want to get CDs. They don't even want to get product. Oh, yeah. oh, just go on Spotify. Go on Apple Music. Check my joints out. You don't even want, you don't want to make no money. You don't want to yeah. make no money. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's like, yo, man, you have to have the mentality with your art that they have, which is like you don't take for granted that that money is going to always be there. See, the drug dealer knows that if he don't serve that person right now, they're going to go right down the street. They're going to go a street over one block away and somebody else got the exact same fucking thing. And if, if that and if you ain't around enough, they gonna f- stop fucking with you. Mm-hmm. So you want to be accessible. I always admired that about the motherfuckers. Like, I don't never want to do what y'all do, but y'all hustle like there ain't no tomorrow. Right. Whereas, you know, if it's five dollars, ten dollars, they don't give a shit. You got all ones. You got nine singles in four quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring that over here. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. We got to get like that. Artists ain't like that, man. Like, there's no guarantee that that sale that you've been missing all these years is going to be there. Yeah, man. There's there's been times we've been on tour where a CD ten dollars. Somebody like, oh man, I just got nine. All right, work with. Got me. you. <laughs> yo, you know what I'm saying? You know, I got, I got, yo, I got five. Okay, well, you can't get this one, but I get you can get something off the table. Right, right. You know what right. I'm saying? I get you something. I don't know. I can't give you this one because this I got to pay the label for this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, you take away my margins. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but exactly. I can get you something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can get that five. I just, I'm going to get that five dollars. That's, That's it. it. That's yeah. it. I'm going to get that five dollars. Right. You never miss a fucking sale. 
if you're an artist at home, I want you to really think about like how prepared or not prepared you are or you have been over the last several years when it comes to being ready to take advantage of the moments when people want to support you. Mm -hmm. You get on stage. Are you ready to sell stuff? Have you brung product? Yeah. When you travel around the city, do you have something in your car? You got mm-hmm. something. So if you bump into some cats, yo, man, yo, I saw you just drop something. Oh, man, I ain't got it with me. Don't mm-hmm. be that guy. No. Because these other cats is getting their money. <laughs> they not they not missing no sales, man. <laughs> you shouldn't either, you know. And so uh, that's number five. Number six thing that artists can learn from drug dealers is work long hours. Yes. Look, the, the days of working when you feel like it. Working when you inspired. Drug dealers don't do that. No. Hey, I think I'm inspired to sell some crack today. <laughs> Said no drug dealer ever. <laughs> I've taken the last week off. Friday, I'm going to sell me some heroin. Mm, nope. Nah. You know nah. what? It's nice outside. Let me go sell some weed. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit. They don't got to be inspired, motivated, none of that shit. They just say, hey, it's money to be made. I'm going to work until I get the money or get the job done. Yeah, exactly. We as artists, man, we got to, we got to, we be tripping, man. Yeah, yeah, we be tripping. We we be tripping because, I mean, we get, because we don't see it. We don't see it that way. We don't see it as, you know, especially cats that, it's their side hustle anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially those cats that see it as their side hustle anyway. So I don't need to go as hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's not, my life ain't dependent on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the difference with drug de- drug dealers. They life is dependent on that shit. <laughs> yeah. So they got to go out there. And I mean, as artists, if you really want to be successful, even if it's not your brand butter, you still got to act like your life depends on it. You still got to act like if you don't make these couple sales, you ain't going to have no lights next week. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You still got to think that way or else ain't nobody going to buy your shit because yeah. you don't care. It's true. It makes me think, too, like maybe one of the reasons as well, like they don't they don't uh, put in those hours is because like they not invested. Right. So, like, let's just say you, you a drug dealer. You had to get some product from somebody. Mm hmm. You had to get fronted from somebody. Somebody gave you mm. something to yeah. go move. If you don't move that, you don't make any money. You don't get to re-up. And you got a problem with these people who you now owe money to. Yeah. We don't be, artists don't be investing enough to want to, to wanna work the long hours. Right. right. Like, yo, man, if you, have you ever really, really spent, how much did you really spend on your last record? Exactly. Did you really, really put up? Are we talking a hundred, couple hundred? Are we talking thousands? Right. Talking tens of thousands? Dog, when you put the money up, you got to hustle, man. When yeah. we put out, when we did Celestial Clockwork, that campaign, we mm-hmm. put so much into that. At one point, Richard Man was like, man, you sure you want to put, man? <laughs> Yo! <laughs> I said, yeah. He said, man, uh-huh. we don't even have that money. I said, we're going to mm-hmm. make that money. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yo, man, the the publicist, the distribution, the radio promo, that's four grand a month." I said, "And <laughs> let's do this. This record, this is the one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna make it. Because if we don't spend the money, we're not gonna work hard enough to make the money back. Right, right, right. We make the yeah. money back. <laughs> we made the money every month. We paid them. Yeah." Yeah. Sometimes it came down to the day before. It was mm-hmm. tight sometimes, but we paid them. Mm-hmm. But the record was successful because we invested. We worked our ass off. You worked your ass off. Every tour mm-hmm. we could get you on, we got you on. Mm-hmm. Every tour you could get on, you got on. Mm-hmm. No stone was unturned. Yeah. Cats was working, but because we were invested. Yeah, we had to. Cause I mean, I remember that time, like y'all threw everything at that, everything that we had at the time, yes. everything that we had was <laughs> thrown at that record. 
And if we didn't make it, then you know who knows if Weightless would have <laughs> we'd have been out of business. Yeah, that have been it. A rap. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a rap. Yeah, you know. But we believed in it. Mm-hmm. There was no like I don't know. It was like no. We know we got something special here. Right. We believe that this record is gonna make up a, a huge impact, mm-hmm. and we can't we can't get to this moment that we've been building up to, and then not take that next step and then skimp then skimp on the investment yeah we wouldn't be able to live with ourselves right you know so you know you got to put in that work man yeah that's number six number seven thing artists could learn from drug dealers is customer relationships come on <laughs> come on Every more money, more customer service come on i tried to tell them <laughs> i tried to tell them you gonna have some customer service, man, mm-hmm. and and your your fans, your customers are the lifeblood of your business, right? When you artists come out here and you think you're too good to shake hands and and, and talk to people, you too good to to like uh, show up early to to engage with people who support you or would like to support you, you're cutting off the the the, the lifeblood of your business and you're handicapping your whole career. Right. You know, I mean, say what you will about drug dealers, but them fools know everything. <laughs> they they do. first first name basis. They do. They know where they hang out at. <laughs> they know they family. Yep. They know they mom and them straight up. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they be having these fools doing all kind of handy work around their crib with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, crackhead cutting your grass today, huh? You know what you I mean? Know. Like, they be they be giving these dudes extra work and all kind of crazy shit. They might not give them no deal. They might trade some shit with them. But look, they not out here whooping their customers' asses, right? You know what I mean? They not out here. You know, like obviously, there's you don't want certain kind of characters. You know, in your of crib, course, to a certain extent, we we can all agree there. But they know who their customers are and they treat them accordingly. You know, I think we should be looking at customer service and what we do uh, with the same amount of seriousness. Yeah. Know who your customers are and don't be afraid to engage with them. Yeah, man. Like one of the cool things about the Beats and B-Sides thing is that I have regular people that are watching the stream. So I've become familiar with certain names and even you know now we you know following them on ig and just actually becoming cool with them and and getting to know some of my fans and it's been a really cool experience doing that yeah that's dope yeah Yeah. see you didn't have that before (laughs) no i didn't have that at all man it was rare see moving like a drug dealer (laughs) (laughs) logic over here (laughs) (laughs) all right that's number seven okay uh we'll take a break and we'll be right back Now that my new book, The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists, has officially been released, I want to take a quick second to remind you that my first three books have officially been reprinted and are finally back in stock on waitlist.net. My first book, which is The Making of Adventures in Counterculture, is about the four-year process that it took to create my landmark album, Adventures in Counterculture. That book is officially back in stock. My second book is Word is Blog Volume 1, which is a collection of my best blogs and writing is officially back in stock. And my third book titled What a Night is a book about the worst shows of my career. And that book is officially back in stock as well. Each book is $10, but you can get all three of these books for just $25. And you can get all three of them signed exclusively at waitlist.net. If you've been thinking about picking these books up, now is the perfect time. Thank you for your support. Back to the show. To all the vinyl collectors out there, I wanted to let you know that two of my most loved albums have been repressed on vinyl. The first album is my 2014 solo album, Respect the Architect. This album features guest appearances from Count Bass D, Illogic, and Midas the Beast, and sold out a couple months after it was originally made available. It's been reprinted again on yellow vinyl, 
available exclusively on waitlist.net. The second album is my 2018 album, Two-Headed Monster. The album features guest appearances from Slug of Atmosphere, Wordsworth, Superstition, Mr. Lift, AC Alone, and Haslow. Its initial pressing sold out a couple months after its release as well, but has been reprinted again on clear vinyl. Both of these LPs are available exclusively on waitlist.net, so head over there and pick up a copy while supplies last. Thanks for your support. Back to the show. All right, folks, we are back. Super Duty Tough Work. Blueprint. Illogic. Hope y'all are getting something out of this episode. Yes. We're talking about 10 things artists could learn from who? Drug dealers. Drug dealers. Drug dealers. Um, yeah, man. We got three more to go. Let's start with number eight. The number eight thing that artists could learn from drug dealers is claiming a block. Yeah. See, when it comes to that activity, you claim a block. The block is where you're known. You put your foot down on that territory. This is my block. On this block, we do this, this, and this. These people are allowed here. These people ain't allowed here. What we this is our thing. You don't come up, you want to do that, you go to that block. Mm-hmm. They stake out their territory, right? As artists, we gotta do the same thing in terms of who we are. Right. See, we don't have a block, so to speak. We have a brand. Right. We're known for who we are. Our our art, our reputation is no different than how a drug dealer is known for their block. Mm-hmm. When you want a certain thing, you know what block you got to go to to get it. Right. When you want a certain kind of hip hop, you know what artist you got to come to to get it. I right, can't just exactly. get this blue magic everywhere. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, I need that 88 shit. I can't go anywhere and get that. Where can I get that celestial sound and weird dark shit? I can't just go anywhere. I got to go to his block. I go to Mm -hmm. go and and fuck with him because he's the only person who chefs it up like that. Yep. Yep. And so as artists, my advice is look at, look at it, not in terms of physical block that they occupy, but look at it in terms of the space that they occupy in the mind of the consumer. Right. That's branding. And they protect mm-hmm. that block with their life. Yes. In the definitely. same way you should be protecting your reputation and your brand as an artist. Don't put out no bullshit means don't sell no bullshit. Yeah, don't get don't be putting shit out there that's all stepped on. Thank you. Selling stepped on bullshit out here to everybody. Water mm-hmm. down. Come on, man. You better sell. It better be twice as potent and half as expensive. <laughs> That's what you need to be known for, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of half as potent, twice as expensive. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people know for. Their block is bullshit. Don't nobody know for nothing. They ain't got no territory. They walking around constantly walking through everybody else's territory. Oh, this is what they doing. Let me come over here and, and, and siphon off a couple cells from them. Yeah. Let me stand here in the dark and act like I know these tools so I can get a couple things off. Mm-hmm. Let me copy how they doing it. Nah, man, get your own block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get yeah. your own block. Yeah, yeah. The industry now is built on you know everybody siphon off of everybody else's block. The people yeah. that truly, truly make it, they got their own block. Yeah, like MF even Doom. Drake as much uh, even MF Doom, even Drake as much as Drake. you might hate him, he got his own block. Yep, got his you know own what block. I'm saying like. All these, a lot of these like cats that have made it that are mainstream, they got their own block. Yeah, whether you like the block or not, they got their own block. Facts. Taylor Swift got her own block, yo. Come on now, you know Kanye what I'm West. saying? Got got all of them, block. man. All of them. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That to me is like something that you don't really look at, but you need that. You define how people perceive you based mm-hmm. on what your reputation is. On what you give them. Right. You give them something good. You start making money. You damn right. You better protect your block. Why you think we get sampled. Uh, sued for sampling. Because yeah. these record labels and these artists is protecting their block. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want us coming over there stealing their work. Doing the shit like they do it. Now you got to pay for that. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not just going to let us come in. And, nah. If you're going to steal it, you better not let me find out. Mm-hmm. That's why we chopped the samples. <laughs> right. We got to chop and slice it so they don't know where it came from. We got to repackage it. Mm-hmm. Drug dealer talk, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they got to taste it to know it's theirs. Oh, sh- hey. <laughs> This our this shit. Tastes familiar. Yeah, hey. <laughs> he, he stole that from us. Okay, we okay. We gonna come get y'all. Have a block, and when you have your own thing, it becomes worth protecting. Facts. That's number eight. Number nine thing that artists can learn from drug dealers: make money quietly. Mm-hmm. Now I know that the rappers fuck up the perception of drug dealers. Yes. And the rappers give you the impression that drug dealers are loud, obnoxious, always in the spotlight, always bringing attention to themselves. It's not true, y'all. Most drug dealers want to be left alone. Yeah. So they can make their money and stay in business. Yeah. A lot of a lot of cats don't even know what like the top drug dealers look like. No, there's only a few a chosen few that know what the kingpin actually looked like. There's a point in every movie about drug dealers where the cops got a, a, a board and they're trying to figure out who the guys at the top are. <laughs> yep, yep. No one has seen them. Yep. I think that guy, nah, that's a street guy. Who's yep. the, t- we know, the, the, the guys at the top are like ghosts. Mm-hmm. They get their money quietly. Could anybody tell us what the president of Electric Records look like? Hell no. Can we tell you what the president of, of, of Warner Brothers look like? Nope. <laughs> Atlantic. What the president? I would say Spotify, but he's been out. Of, people might know what he looks like because he's a younger mm-hmm. cat in Silicon Valley, slightly differently. But all these other companies, all these other big old labels are getting money quietly. Mm-hmm. You could be sitting right next to that man and not even know in a movie. Facts. Would not know. Millionaire, billionaire, got more money than all the artists that you think got money. And and there's something to be learned from that as artists. It's nothing wrong. Get your money, but but do it in a way to where you ain't gotta be constantly showing off, throwing it in people's faces. Mm-hmm. Be successful. Appreciate what you have, but don't take it too far. Like showing off is the reason you do it. You want to be about the art. Quietly get your money. You ain't got to prove nothing. If you got fans, do it for your fucking fans. Stop trying to show off for other fucking artists. Right. Number nine. Last joint. Number 10 thing. Artists could learn from drug dealers. Live it up. Live it up. Kick it. Kick it, man. You going on vacation. You know what it is. Decent time off, man. Yeah, yeah. I've been on this block for two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Working in the kitchen with the pots and pans. Cook it, cook it. I'm gonna take some time off this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one thing you gotta give drug dealers is like, I mean, part of it is, is a consequence of the job because these fools be making money that they can't exactly deposit into a bank, if you know what I'm saying. Right. But, uh, <laughs> and so a lot of them, you you never see them fools where they ain't trying to. They'll, they'll take some times like when they go out they go out mm-hmm. they be the ones buying all the bottle service at these fucking places because they yep. can't spend their money in the hood yep. they gotta spend it somewhere go they be the, the ones throwing club. fucking hundred dollar bills at strippers asses yeah they gotta do something with it you risk your life for it you work 12 hours and 16 hour days for it yeah don't don't throw a stack at that trip at that stripper's ass crack live a little <laughs> <laughs> you get what um, I mean? <laughs> if you're an artist and you work hard don't be afraid to take time off man yeah and enjoy it enjoy it man enjoy your success when you when you get some success enjoy that yeah enjoy it like this this thing that we do as artists is it's special it's not common there are people who wake up every day and dream about the opportunity to be an artist. Right. They, 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 they wish they could do what artists do. And I wish I could rhyme like him. I wish I could make beats like him. 
Mm-hmm. I wish I had that opportunity. And we have the opportunity. And we need to understand it's special. And, and, and part of acknowledging that is acknowledging that, yo, man, you're going to have to live a little while you do it. Live a little. Go, go hard so that you never feel guilty about taking time off. Right. You know, live it up. Not you ain't got to do like don't 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 throw no stacks at no strippers' ass if you ain't no drug dealer now. I don't want y'all getting <laughs> no ideas. <laughs> I know you at home thinking Blueprint told me to throw a thousand dollars up a stripper's ass crack. No, Super I didn't. Duty said go to the strip club. <laughs> no, I didn't. I ain't tell you to do that. Super <laughs> Duty said go to the strip club right. and, and live they, it up. They gonna be tagging us in pictures on Instagram. Just. It from the live from the strip club. Blueprint told me to come up in here, make it rain on these hoes. No, I didn't. No, I told you what they be doing. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh man, spend your money on something else. But, but you know, but you know, hey, live it up a little bit, man. Have some fun, man. You know, yeah. I, you know, that's a good one to end on because you know I'm I'm going on vacation this week, this week, next week. Yeah, you about to live it up. Yeah, and I've been at home for two years straight. Mm-hmm. A year straight before COVID and a year COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, and I ain't had a vacation where I where it wasn't related to a show or seeing my family since. Whew, man, it's too long. At least ten years. Yeah, and the so, fact that you got to think about it that much. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. It's either family, you know what I'm saying, or or I'm playing a show. Mm-hmm. And so I want to. Take some time off to not do either of those. And uh, just do what I love. Relax, get some sun. And, uh, you know, I hope that y'all are listening to this episode and getting something out of it. And, uh, you know, make sure that as hard as you work, you are scheduling time to celebrate your wins. You know, if you are blessed enough to have some wins in this thing, celebrate that shit, man. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Ten things artists can learn from drug dealers. I'm going to read them back. Number one, always have your re-up money. Number two, get that out of town money. Number three, discounts and deals. Number four, have a lawyer on deck. Number five, never miss a sale. Number six, work long hours. Number seven, customer relationships. Number eight, claim your block. Who's your block down? Number nine, make money quietly. Number 10, live it up. Word. I want to thank y'all for listening to us and uh, see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. <laughs>